Boundaries allow us to have healthy relationships. We simply cannot have healthy relationships with other people if we don't have a sense of who we are, where we end and other people begin, what we like and don't like and want and need and prefer. It's just not possible without healthy boundaries. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting, LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. If you like what you've heard on this episode, please screenshot it and share it on social media. And if you do, please be sure to tag me at Higher Power Coaching. This is episode 208, How Building Healthy Boundaries Allows You to Detect Nuance. It wasn't until I was several years into my recovery that I realized that there were certain things that I thought were fused that weren't. That is, I thought where one thing existed, the other automatically existed as well. I'm going to give you a few examples in a moment. And I realized while recording this that they all have to do with dating, which I hadn't realized previously. And I also realized that they all have to do with boundaries as well, which makes sense now that I think about it, because boundaries have everything to do with relationships, whether it's our relationship with ourselves or other human beings. Boundaries allow us to have healthy relationships. We simply cannot have healthy relationships with other people if we don't have a sense of who we are, where we end and other people begin, what we like and don't like and want and need and prefer. It's just not possible without healthy boundaries. I've known this realization has to do with recovery, and I've tried to figure out what it is about recovery that helped me see that these things don't necessarily come together. At first, I thought it had to do with black and white thinking, and that may be part of it. But I think it has more to do with coming out of fight or flight mode and having healthy boundaries. I'll say more on that soon. The first example to illustrate my understanding that two things I previously thought were fused together are not is that arousal does not equal consent. I'm talking about sexual arousal here, meaning just because you find something sexually arousing doesn't mean you consent to it. We are humans and have biological systems that work in a certain way when stimulated. Just because our bodies react with arousal does not mean we emotionally, psychologically, or intellectually consent to participating in the thing that has aroused us. The first time I heard arousal does not equal consent was when I was watching the show Transparent, on Amazon. There was a character on the show 
who went to a Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous meeting in one of the episodes. And in that meeting, he learned this concept, arousal does not equal consent, which caused the character to realize that his teenage affair with an older woman was sexual abuse, which he'd never understood before because it had been a turn-on for him. He had felt like he was a man and that he was desirable and sexy and all that stuff. When he came to understand that arousal does not equal consent, it changed everything for him. And honestly, watching that and hearing that changed everything for me too. What it made me do was retroactively realize a situation I had with a man my first six months in recovery. What I'm about to say may be too explicit for some people. If you're sensitive to explicit things, sexually explicit things, don't listen or skip ahead a couple of minutes. The guy that I was dating, uh, which was for a very brief period of time, sent me a dick pic. And my first reaction was to go, (gasps) sort of in shock. And I didn't even understand until years later when I learned arousal does not equal consent, that that reaction was because I was shocked and it was way too soon in the relationship. It was arousing to me, so I just overrode my initial response and the idea that I was shocked or that it was too soon and that he did not get my consent to send me that. I wasn't comfortable with it, but I went along with it anyway because it was arousing to me. So I just had this assumption that if I'm aroused, then it must be okay with me. And I think I was really able to internalize this notion that arousal does not equal consent because of what I saw on the show, but also because I was starting to understand that there was a lot more nuance in areas than I was able to discern before recovery. I think part of that has to do with the fact that I was in fight or flight mode pretty much my entire life. And I was numbing with something, whether it was cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, food, whatever. It's really hard or perhaps even impossible to discern nuance unless you are very present so you can make distinctions between things that are very nuanced or that have very subtle differences. That was just not possible for me in recovery in regard to many, many things. The second time I recall making a distinction between two things I previously assumed were fused was when I met my sweetheart, Chuck. I realized that in the past, I had assumed that if I was interested in someone, it automatically meant I was attracted to them. In other words, interest and attraction were fused for me. They were one and the same. One of the things I remember saying about him to someone else after our second or third date was that he had me curious. And I think it was on our third date that he said to me, you seem interested in me, which by the way, nobody's ever come right out and had that kind of direct communication with me before. And I said, yes, you have me curious. I was able to say it like that because I had already articulated that to someone else that he had me curious. And then after I had that conversation with him where he said, you seem interested in me, I was talking with someone else. And in that conversation, they said, 
are you attracted to him? And I was like, I don't know yet. And then I was like, whoa, wait, what? That was the first time that I ever realized that I could be interested in someone, but it didn't necessarily mean that I was attracted to him. To me, those two things were one and the same before recovery. But I honestly didn't even realize it until the very moment that I'm describing to you when I realized it. Rest assured, I became attracted to him and I am still enormously attracted to him. And I am also still very interested in him. But the ability to discern the difference between those two things was something I just did not have prior to recovery. This next example is that in the past, if a guy was interested in me, it equaled I'm interested in him. It was just that way. Well, this is true for the men that I said yes to for a first date anyway. There were definitely times when I knew I wasn't at all interested and said no. But once I had a date or two with someone, If I felt they were interested in me, it meant that I was automatically interested in them. In other words, if you like me, I must like you, right? Wrong. Unless they did something egregious, I got into a relationship with them. Well, actually, wait, no, I stayed with guys who did some pretty egregious things. So scratch that. Because they were interested in me, I really didn't have the ability to discern or to separate out their interest in me from my interest in them. All of this stuff has to do with having healthy boundaries, and here's why. Number one, boundaries are clear and not murky. As I've built better and better boundaries, I've gotten a lot more clarity about a lot of things. It's almost like building healthy boundaries, which requires clarity, caused me to desire and to seek clarity in many other areas of my life. Number two, when I have healthy boundaries, I don't put myself in situations or relationships where I get triggered all the time, so I'm not in fight or flight mode all the time. And because I have healthy boundaries, I take really good care of myself, so I'm able to have peace and calm most of the time. Now, both of these reasons mean that most of the time I'm able to be very discerning and able to detect nuanced things. I'm able to detect subtleties and see that arousal does not equal consent, attraction does not equal interest, and just because someone is interested in me doesn't mean I'm interested in him. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching 
so we can get started right away. That way you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're gonna love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listen to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.